1: Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went, where we start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're going to be talking about Hawaii's love for tattoos. Or is it tattoos? I always say tattoos, and I think of uh, Fantasy Island. (laughs) For <laughs> some reason, I don't know why. I want to welcome uh, tattoo artist Sean McCready to the conversation. Sean is the owner of Licious in Waikiki, one of Hawaii's most distinguished tattoo studios and a trusted space for many, many folks for many years. Aloha, Sean. Welcome to the program.
0: Right on. Aloha. Good Thank to you for having you, me, Ron. I appreciate being here.
1: Good to see you. Hey, before we get started,
0: what school you at? Oh, well, I went to uh, Palm Springs High School in California uh what school you went
1: <laughs> i went to <through> <laughs> palm springs high school yeah uh, what, what was the uh, mascot
0: oh man well you know that's gonna that's gonna uh test my memory and my age here i don't, I don't even think i can <laughs> remember talk, it back even, that far. so i'm not
1: gonna even ask you to yeah. sing the alma mater but palm springs <laughs> yeah, high school yeah. in the house um right on. When, when did you get here when did you get to hawaii since you're born and raised in cal California?
0: yeah yeah well Officially moved here in '96. '96. Um, coming back and forth since I was a pretty young little fella. Luckily, my parents brought me out here to, to Hawaii, and it, you know definitely planted that love in there. So uh, I made the decision to move out here eventually.
1: You fell in love with the islands. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and and now you have a family, and this is home for you. Definitely, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Tattoo-licious has been in business for what, over 20 years.
0: Yeah, yeah. We think we just hit 21.
1: That's longevity. I mean, in this business where st- partners come and go, uh, how, how have you maintained that, you know, success?
0: Uh, I think back then we, we really had a vision for, for our studio to be a little bit of a breakthrough type of um, environment where walking in, you immediately felt like it was a different type of, Fashion or design or customer service kind of kind of thing. it wasn't your standard what was the, 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 the ongoing kind of typical shop.
1: For those who've never been to Tattoo you may have been to that area. Back in the day, that <laughs> building, that space was a kickin club. <laughs> One that we used to go to, he used to call it Sillies. And for those listening on Podcast Land, that is now the home of, of Tattooed Licious. You were aware of the history. That space.
0: I've seen so many smiley local faces when they know <laughs> where we're at and that name comes right up oh, and man. they go, they start going down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard yeah. it, heard it a lot. So oh, okay.
1: I can't, man, I can't tell me how many Tuesdays I've been there because of thirsty Tuesdays and all that other good stuff. Good memories at Silly's, but now the home of Tattoolicious, uh, you know, you, you need to have respect of space. You need to have a respect of place, especially. Um, and you know, as you've been here a long time now and, and in the business, the art of kākau, a Hawaiian tattoo. Um, the artistry is 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 so important to family ancestors. Uh, you see a lot of sharks. You see uh, lizards. They all have meaning to families. And what do what do people tell you when they come in to see you um, when it, when they want something more traditional?
0: Well, you know we do get requests for for the old well the the cacao, but we, we don't do it there. Yeah. And so we've always referred people over to the only one for a while really doing it was Keone Nunes. Um, yeah. and there's others, you know, that have come from different cultures here too. Um, and then he's apprenticed others that are now, you know, gratefully carrying it on like Kaylee O'Kalani and, uh, and, and the apprentices that are coming out of that family kind of thing. So, um, but when someone's looking for, uh, a regular, like, hey, I want to get a Polynesian sleeve, you know, I want you to blast this arm out or my chest or something like that. You know, we kind of, the wording we kind of go to describe that maybe is a little bit more contemporary mm-hmm. Polynesian because it's it's a hybrid blend of patterns and things that we've seen. And, and I'd say probably like most of the tattoo shops here, except for those that are trying to maybe learn those patterns more or what have you. Again, it's two different worlds. We're just really trying to accommodate this person wanting it for the design factor. Um, they may bring something in for their family if they know some kind of symbols, and we'll try to you know, like fit that in there and do the best we can. But we're really not authority in that. Yeah. We're just trying to make it look good in design and trying to appease them in that one. If they're looking for something, at least from, from our approach, if they're looking for something much more traditional, we're going to refer them over.
1: I can ask you this, and I, I thought about this earlier um, because it's not uncommon now if you see a, a young football player in high school who's all inked up. Um, and in, in the, when I was growing up, that was like almost taboo. Like that was like not even heard of. Yeah. And you were really going against your parents' wishes. And even when I got my first tattoo, I was like 20-something years old, and, and my I was worried about how my mom felt. Uh, but nowadays, <laughs> the younger kids are are – they have ink. They're and, covered, and it's all good.
0: <laughs> well, so in '96, when I was I was living on the North Shore, um, having fun surfing, doing doing that thing, and you know, back then, as as you kind of you know you're stating, there were, there were, from from that perspective, tattoos were still very um, kind of uncommon. You didn't see sleeves back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't see Polynesian work all over the bodies. You might have a fella that uh, had you know fish hook. Or maybe some triangles here or there, but there wasn't this large format of tattoos coming down the face or on the neck or, or that it wasn't, it wasn't in the mainstream at all. And uh, I think most of the people that were getting things were either, you know, in junior high school, the little hand poke kind (laughs) of thing, (laughs) you know, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of stories were like, Oh, look what I did in high school. You see the little, you know, little guy. Uh, but really, there was not hardly any coverage, at least I'd say for Hawaii, yeah. um, at least this island. From my experience, it was kind of shocking not seeing tattoos on people compared to what I was used to, being around the industry, having sleeves. Um, I felt like it was uh, one of the few people that had sleeves here besides tattoo artists, you know, because it's something we would do on each other and, and things like that. Um, but seeing uh, there, there was an amazing breakthrough for, I think. Hawaiis culture coming back into tattooing and it was right around 2002 um, there was a Tahitian artist named Boino that came uh, visiting then moved over here and started tattooing out a shop in Waikiki and uh, he was the only guy I think that was like throwing down these large sleeves and back pieces in such a beautiful way that was Polynesian but it was the Tahitian Polynesian mm-hmm. patterns. Mm-hmm. And I know that he did it on a few Beach Boys. He did it on a few public characters or or people. And people started seeing that. And I think Hawaii, they they woke up to it. Mm -hmm. People started seeing, that's my identity. I want that because I I know that that's part of me. And so it seemed like it was an explosion, you know, that really took place. Um, But even previous to that, there was um, uh, a fellow named Bong that I don't know if you ever heard of. That was doing beautiful work on the underground, not even working at a shop way, 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 way back, you know, 96, 97. Um, and so there was like a, a niche of people that was carrying his work that are in a larger format. But again, it wasn't mainstream. Interesting. And so seeing it, it blow up in the mainstream to where now we see sleeves everywhere of this Polynesian work. I think people are just really trying to connect back to the culture. And uh, and it and it, it was super ready for it, mm-hmm. especially with the times of of jobs and employers being more open to it, the TV shows and all that. So it's just a culmination of the right timing, I think, to make that more available for
1: people. Yeah, we saw cable you know, programs, on some of them based in Hawaii. The, the stigma back in the maybe 30 years ago, 20 years ago of having a tattoo, right? People would say, oh, no, you can't do that. You're not going to get a job. Or people may perceive uh, you to be this person because of tattoos. That has changed, too.
0: You know, there's still going to be some old school that's, you know, healthily concerned for their children. You know, hey, you're going to be able to get a job, um, but that landscape has changed so much. Where uh, a lot of employers, it's you see it. You see, yeah, see valet parkers with leg sleeves. You know, at a nice hotel. It, it's, it's surprising sometimes, but yeah, it's 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 there. Um, and I think it's it's uh, yeah it's 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 gonna become more comfortable. You know, I have two clients. One's a a, a brain surgeon here in Hawaii, um, got a half sleeve from me. Another one's a, a heart surgeon. These are doctors. You know, it's not just the nurse staff or those trying to hide it under their um, uh, their gowns. You know, it's it's really it's
1: widespread. You know yep. now and yeah. and accepted as part of who we are today. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally full transparency. Uh, Sean has. Given me a few tattoos, and it's and, and as well as my, my two sons and even my daughter. And, <laughs> um, and, and and grateful because your shop is all about safety, it's all about health. Uh, and not to say others aren't, because mm-hmm. uh, I do have I know you have tremendous respect for your colleagues and peers, but safety to you is huge. And I know a few years back you were part of the Coalition for Safe Tattooing, and um. That's that's comforting to know that the, the industry is very aware of uh, of challenges that that tattooing can bring to light mm-hmm. health, especially covid right now. I mean, all of these things you guys have are evolving with the industry, are you not?
0: Yeah, I think that our generation of tattooers and I mean, there, those are the ones that go way back where they you could smoke in the studio. It wasn't a big deal. You know, there's different generations and the generation to follow Um there was so much stigma too on, on, Oh my God, are they using dirty needles and reuse needles that I think it just really pushed on us to be like, whoa, 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 No, 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 no. We, we hand make these, we, we labor to to sterilize these in the autoclaves and, and I think it pushed us almost to an extreme, a lot of the industry to an extreme of really trying to like overdo it, which was a great thing. Yeah. Um, um, and nowadays, you know, there's all these disposable made pre-gassed ones that, you know, uh, you don't have to put in and end that same labor for the equipment. But it, it really has taken on to the industry to be a different reputation than I guess that was kind of before. And maybe that reputation was, you know, some of it real. People are people, right? Some have had good habits, some don't. But you know, maybe some of it was also parents trying to scare their kids. You know, let's <laughs> get dirty needle. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. So you know, you know, there's objective and, and things like that too. So
1: I imagine during COVID, challenges yeah. were even more intense. How how, how do you guys manage that?
0: Well, yeah, I mean that's a that's a whole whole. <laughs> that could be another <laughs> whole, show. Yeah, it could yeah. definitely be. Um, the way that we see as tattoo artists this this. Even in in the, it's even in in doctor's offices, and I don't want to kind of like, you know, split industries at all. But the tattoo industry went so kind of extreme on, I would say, cross-contamination knowledge. And I'd say that's what we have really going for us, which made us also feel like, wow, we're probably one of the healthier places to come to. We're probably one of the more um, really disciplined on on trying to be careful with cross-contamination. So I think we felt like really definitely a bit, you know, like they just, they didn't they're not going to look at us, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to look at the hospitals. And so we felt definitely unfairly kind of cast out to shut down for sure. I mean, just like any business would, right. you know, but uh, I think that we're, we yeah, had a you lot guys, more knowledge.
1: Yeah, you guys were ahead of the game almost, right? I would definitely say you so. You know what I mean? I mean, Absolutely. I, uh, that's how I saw it. I, yeah. I, but at the end of the day, you know, people, this is such an unknown virus and it still true. is. It's Very true. Still, it's always evolving right now. So. <laughs> but I, I think in the, you know, you folks as an industry, many of the, the shops were really ahead of the game when it came to sterility and, and cross-contamination and, and all of the good practices that you Correct. already had in place. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, to be an artist, uh, some people freehand, others stencil. Uh, what's your style when when it comes to
0: Well, it's evolved a lot. So when I was doing a lot of Japanese work, most of it was all freehand. And freehand can be two different things. That's, there's the freehand where you're drawing with a pen on, and creating it on the arm as you go. And there's the other one. You just pick up the machine and just go for it, you know. Right on the canvas. <laughs> right on there. And there's some people that do that. And yeah. it, it's it's pretty mind-blowing. Um, but basic freehand typically is drawing on the body mm-hmm. um, and creating that flow. And then you're kind of making it up as you go with mm-hmm. the shading and doing all those types of things. So I did uh, a lot of years of freehand. Um, then I wanted to kind of progress and, and, and challenge myself to get into a really hard type of art form which was the color realism stuff which has to do with textures and layering and realism you know that it 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 pulls out and so with with colors it's even a bit more challenging um in different ways uh and so that was getting back to that old stencil kind of like get it all like mapped out so i both i still do both but a lot of freehand in the past for sure
1: yeah i I, you, you talk about the body being a canvas right and you're the artist um I actually have one on my chest, a Tahitian tattoo that was just drawn. awesome, awesome! It was amazing to watch him do it. It was, I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty darn painful, <laughs> and I couldn't handle it after three hours. But you just like he just created a story based on my life and and just started working and and to see some, somebody like that do their thing. Teva is his name, and he's he's well known in in the industry. Pretty amazing uh, what what people can do. I'm not gonna lie. Tattoo, some people say you get a high off of it. Have you heard of that before where people say the poking is actually soothing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't say that's me because not hurt A few people head. say, oh, my God,
0: I'll never get that again. But right. most of them are like, yeah, it just, it's just awesome. You know, yeah. yeah, there's definitely something there, you know, whether it's endorphins or something that it kicks in. There's some kind of neat connection, you know, to, to being stoked with a tattoo.
1: Yeah. One more question. A couple more questions. Uh, Removing a tattoo. Say I said I, I, uh, you know, I got my girlfriend's uh, name on my shoulder and I decided, well, (laughs) my wife's not going to like that. Um, (laughs) uh, How do you do that? Uh, How does that happen? And how how painful is that?
0: Well, there's cover-ups. Yeah. And those are the, you know, usually the go-to. And there's a lot of things you can do with cover-ups. And yet there's a lot of limitations with cover-ups, too depending on how recent, how dark it is, how big you want to go. Um, if you want to have a smaller tattoo over a larger tattoo, forget it. You know, if you want to, you know, like if you're open to the artist, you know, God, people really should be open to the artist's well, least suggestions because the artist doesn't want to do a cover-up that you're going to want to cover up again. That's the last thing they want to right. do. So a lot of times they're going to say, hey, let's hide that in the leaves and we'll put a beautiful rose here and the dark greens and all that. We can hide that. Or in some wind bars of some Japanese work, um, and then now technology and laser. As much as uh, you know, people kind of get a little scared of that. Lasers come so so far, and you can you can knock down a tattoo a few levels with a few treatments. A lot of times, and have way more options to not have to go as big or put something even more beautiful right over the top of it. So it's a great option. I, I definitely think people should be more open to. See Seeing what that is, so they don't just get stuck feeling like they can only do this style to cover this thing up or or compromise. Like you know, really, what they want.
1: Which which brings me to my last question: Your advice to somebody who's gonna or considering getting a tattoo, whether it be a, a entire sleeve, their entire back, a little rose, maybe a sailor, uh, whatever. What do you what do you say to somebody? Because um, when we were young, it was like tattoos are forever. You know, don't don't do this. If, unless you mm-hmm. are sure this is what you want to do what's your what's your message well
0: I mean you know humans are hypocritical in general like <laughs> <laughs> so as much as uh, we in the industry didn't want to tattoo under 18 you know they're also just the silliest stupidest tattoos that are the funnest and people love them you know so you can have anything from a super meaningful one to an emotional one from the loss of a loved one a pet or you know something that's happening and and it's really it was really cool I think Timing, again, is, is sometimes everything, you know, back in the strip in the 80s and 90s, you know, I heard about people going in drunk and getting a tattoo that they regret or or maybe they loved it, you know. They had fun. They did it with their friends, and they were spontaneous. So right now, there's a thing we actually do at the shop, and there's a lot of other shops, I think, on the mainland are doing it. It's called Get What You Get. And I think it's, it's today's answer to being spontaneous, but more responsible, so you don't have to do it drunk. Because we usually don't, a lot of tattoo artists don't want to deal with drunk people and right. tattooing them. We want you to have a sound mind. we got this basic big gumball machine with these designs. You don't know what they are. And you commit to saying, hey, I want to I <laughs> take my chances and, and spin that thing. And what you get is what you get.
1: Wow. And
0: people are loving it. It is, it is a thing where I think five years ago it would have been like, what? No, that doesn't make sense. Who would do that? But now it's, it's one of those things where tattoos are so common You know, meaningful ones. I think (laughs) after somebody gets a meaningful one, sometimes they realize I don't necessarily need a meaningful one. Maybe I just want a fun piece of art. Maybe I want something that I'm gonna get some compliments on, or something I want to like cover this scar or something. So it's such a wide range that it's kind of really fun seeing these groups of people come in and and they're just taking the risk. Wow, it's like Fukubukuro,
1: right? You don't even know
0: what you're gonna get. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Yeah, all those Japanese
1: shoppers and and during uh, New Year's Day we're.
0: You just don't know.
1: You just go. Just go. Hey, Sean, this has been really uh, fascinating for me. And, and we could talk all day about tattoos. And, and for those who either have had it or are considering one, you know, just think about what, what you're doing to your body. It's, 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 your, it's your canvas and, and have at it. Absolutely. But, uh, but it's, a fu- it's a fun way to express, you know, whatever you want to do. Like you said, a loved one, um, your history, your family, and just whatever significant in your life. And tattoos are here to stay. That's yeah. what my mom said. That's <laughs> not going anywhere. A <laughs> hey, continued success to you. Yeah, thank you. Ron. Good to see you again, Sean. Hey,
0: Is there any way you have a, another moment I can conclude with one thing? <laughs> well, go ahead. Uh, and, and just respect. Uh, and, and, and just for, for people searching for something that, that is important to them, that goes back, especially in Hawaii, the cacao. I have absolute beautiful respect for the practitioners doing that. And behind the scenes for a lot of years, it was just hard to get a hold of him. But those that knew, knew, was was Keone. Um, And what a wonderful, wonderful contribution to Hawaii. He has taken it with such uh, strides of, and I think he was a bit more of a historian looking at the patterns Mm -hmm. before he got into it. And he had um, another Polynesian, uh, I guess, Sulawapé train him to bring it back to Hawaii. So I think without him doing it and bringing that back, it it would have been just a little bit slower to have that happen. And so the people that he's training up, we've always had beautiful recipients. We tried to always refer people to them that really wanted that traditional thing. So I think if people are really needing to to find that, definitely to search that out as as a as an, a very important option for choosing a you know a, a cultural tattoo. Um, not takeaways away from us, but we love to see that happen. Yeah. And so. You know, somehow, yeah, finding them out, you know, looking for them because it's here and it's yeah. it's a beautiful thing to see that come back to Hawaii. It's a real gift. And yeah, well said, Keone
1: has I have mad respect for Keone. Uh we're gonna we're we're gonna close it up, but I have just one last visual this came to my mind when I saw Mike Tyson show up with a facial tattoo in that movie. Uh, hangover <laughs> <laughs> I said why in the world did he do that but it's still there Yeah, yeah and now he's rocking it he's rocking it alright uh, Sean thank you continued success yeah, to you absolutely thank and you Rod stay safe and healthy and we appreciate all that you're contributing to our communities as well mahalo nui for joining us uh, join us next time for another episode of What School You Went until next time I'll What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production music by Taimane Gardner If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.